You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening. Welcome to another edition of Advantage Connors. As always, your host, Brett Connors, here with my co-host just up the coast from me in Santa Barbara, Jimmy Connors. How you doing tonight? Uh, been a good day. Uh, I've been busy. I've got, uh, I've got to get ready to go. I'm leaving uh, about 5 o'clock in the morning to get to the airport. I'm going to Austin, Texas, uh, to the Andy Roddick Foundation and uh, going to spend some time with, uh, with my buddy Andy there for a day or two and I'm only gone for two days. It's a quick trip, but uh, it's going to be a good one. Hopefully, we can raise a lot of money, and uh, it'll be good to see Andy again. So I'm busy and ready to go. So uh, what about you? You've been uh, working again, and, and uh, you're, uh, we saw you last week, and it looked like you were feeling better. Uh, tell, uh, tell me real quick about, uh, about your back and how you're feeling. The back is, is holding up okay, uh, trying to still waiting to see if I want to get this shot. It's not the... The uh, thing I want to rush into, but uh, avoiding surgery for now, and I'm, I'm able to move around okay. And yeah, so you're getting up early in the morning. We won't, we won't keep you here long, but you're going to, to see our boy Andy. Uh, it's like a fireside chat, right? Or it's like a yeah. kind of like a cool yeah, chat around the fire. Fireside chat, hopefully with uh, you know with uh, a lot of pe- a lot of people come and, uh, and and sit and enjoy and and throw some questions at us. And and uh, I think a, a clinic uh, on on Friday morning. And uh, yeah, Friday afternoon, I catch a plane and come back to Santa Barbara. So, but, uh, you know, when I said I was busy today, I, I had one thing in mind that, uh, and, and I'm going to throw this out to, you know, to all our viewers out there. And yeah, I mean, all our listeners, I said, uh, you know, the one, one thing that I did do, I stopped and I got a ticket for, for the lotto. Wow. 1.2 And I, I'd say everybody go out and buy a ticket, but don't because I've got the winner. So you got it. <laughs> that would be, you know, it's, it's an incredible thing, but you know, uh, I, I've often thought about that better. You know, you go out, you, you buy $20, do you buy a hundred dollars, do you buy a thousand dollars worth, but it only takes one ticket. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You know, so, uh, that, that's, uh, that's, that's my new ploy. And, and it, it was, uh, you know, it's kind of fun to sit here and I, you know, I just think, you know, how about that? You know, and and uh, and wouldn't it be cool? And and I, I talked to to your mommy about this. Wouldn't it be cool if somebody in an office that had ten or fifteen or twenty people that said, "All right, you know, I'm putting in. I want to buy that ticket with you," <laughs> you know, and and uh, and and they all win something. I, I think that would be cool. Not not that it wouldn't be cool to win one person to win it, but you know, to have a a group uh, go in on a uh, on a buy and and when that would be that would be pretty cool for everybody. But anyway, yeah. that's uh, I, I think that's coming up uh, pretty soon in about you know five minutes or so. So hey, yeah. uh, somebody's going to have a life changing experience, which would be pretty cool. Yeah, one point two billion uh, seems like there's enough there to spread it around for a, a few people. I know a lot of companies and stuff go in on like you know a lotto pool or you know where they put the money together and they buy a hundred tickets or, or whatever it is and they split it or. They eventually see each other in litigation in a in a courtroom somewhere because <laughs> they right. never agree to that. <laughs> nothing ever, nothing ever runs smooth, does it, son? No. Oh God! No. Can you so, imagine the fighting over that? Holy Christ! Well, that dude, would be something. Also, maybe you should wait 
uh, you know, if uh, if you win, you can write a nice check for Andy when you go down there for his foundation. So that'll be cool. Well, that uh, you know, that would uh, that would be a pleasure to to do. But you know, you know, like I said, hopefully, uh, you know, a number of years ago, I, I did uh, something with Andy in Las Vegas, and you know, uh, for his foundation, and we had a great time. We played some golf and played some tennis, and I met a lot of. Uh, uh, a lot of great, uh, great people who were associated with and were, were uh, very generous, you know, towards this foundation. And, you know, hopefully we have another evening or so uh, like that. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's, uh, you know, I went to see your sister uh, yeah, last, last week or two weeks ago. And, and uh, you know, to, to be able to get away a little bit now, you know, with COVID kind of, you know, easing, uh, easing its, uh, its strings now on us all to, to be able to get away and do some things. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. So yeah, another chance to get away and, and uh, uh, take a break for a minute from Santa Barbara. But as always, you know, I, I leave, but I like coming back home. So, yeah. you know, be, it'd be a good trip. Right. You can't look forward to coming back home unless you leave. That's the fun part. Uh, you know, you look yeah, forward exactly. to leaving and you look forward to coming home. Exactly. But, but I, you know, I went, uh, we went the other day to, to uh, one of my favorite stores. Uh, it's called Casco. Uh, I love going to Costco and, and uh, so I, I go and your, your, your mom does all the shopping and I just kind of roam around and look at a, a bunch of things. But you know what? The holidays coming up, Costco has come out with a puzzle that has 60,000 pieces. Mm. Now, with the holidays and you got friends, you got family, you know, uh, first of all, you got to have a, a pretty damn big table to, you know, to take all the pieces. But, you know, how fun would that be? You know, with uh, you know, to be able to just go back and forth and, and take your time and doing it. I mean, do you think how long do you think that would take? That would be pretty amazing, right? Yeah, it would take a while. Um, what was it a picture of? It's a picture of the of the United States. Oh, it's the and, U.S. Uh, I've got it right like here. A map. It's, uh, it's yeah, it's uh, the name. What a wonderful world is the world's largest puzzle on the market, according to its creator. Yeah, uh, so it's an illustration of the world. Yeah, it's the wide illustration of the world. Yeah. So I think if there was a, if you had a few people going at it, I think it was invented to just keep family members busy during the holidays. You know, you get all the. Yeah, also, (laughs) also educational. Right. But I mean, you know, you get family members in town always, you know, people don't agree. They haven't seen each other. You know, there's reasons you don't see each other all the time. (laughs) You'll be, hey, here's a, here's a 60,000 piece puzzle to keep you busy until the turkey's ready. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's a long based in turkey <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh it's uh, you know with the holidays i like uh, I, I like thanksgiving i like uh I like your mom's cooking on thanksgiving it's one of our favorite meals and and uh with the the way she does it and, and uh, goes about it you know it's the it's the old story it's uh, it takes you a day and a half or two to you know to make the dinner it takes you 15 minutes to eat it and it takes you two days to clean up but right. uh you know, but for the 15 minutes that we sit down at the table, it's pretty, uh, pretty, pretty delicious. So, yeah. so well, it's a fun thing. And the uh, leftovers are the, my favorite part. But uh, let's move on. I'll tell you what, yep. I don't want to keep you long. Uh want to tell you a little bit about what I've been doing this week. I mentioned it last week on the show, but uh, we are doing a cool little experiment. We've done it a few times in the past at Tennis Channel, but we're working on a show called Second Serve. And so it's available on the mm-hmm. TC Plus app or the Samsung TV app, or you can go and find a link um, where you can actually just watch it on, uh, on your computer. So you can go on, on your desktop and, and click and watch what we're doing. And so it's a lot more relaxed and, and laid back than, uh, than the main channel. The main channel is kind of does what it always does, focuses on, on, the, on the biggest names out there, the feature matches of the day. And then uh, Second Serve is, is, is a lot more laid back where we have guests come throughout the day. It's, it's a little bit of a second screen experience where, you know, you'll, you'll have Tennis Channel up and you're watching, but then on your laptop, your iPad or your phone, you can throw up Second Serve. And it's, you know, we've been five, six hours every day this week. And uh, mm-hmm. today we had Tracy Austin and Nico Pereira. You know, we wow. had, yeah. And we got uh, Nick McCarville and Nick Monroe. We got, uh, you know, just a lot of people involved. Uh, we're hoping to get Lindsay Davenport, our buddy, later this week. And so uh, what it is, is you kind of like, you know, bring on guests. We're able to do longer segments with less commercial breaks. So we can kind of get more in-depth and conversation style stuff. And my favorite part is we talk some gambling, you know? No, no, you don't. <laughs> we talk a yeah, little bit uh, a little bit of the lines and the tennis gambling. 
Well, is, is, uh, so if you're talking the, the lines, are, are you going live when you do that to, to some of the matches that are being played? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we come on, we set up the day with a segment, and then we usually do a gambling segment, you know, second second segment or something, kind of, you know, hey, here's our picks for the day. If we had any picks uh, in the morning before we got there, we share them with people. And, uh, yeah, we just kind of mix and match. We have, like, seven or eight people uh, that come in and out. We have guests, like Nico Skyped in with us today, so we had him on uh, on Zoom, and, and, you know, we put him in, like, a little, in, in one of the boxes, like Manning, you know, and he, and he sits there with us, and we, and we put up the Shapovalov match. You know, and we watched him for, you know, a set, you know, and then we jump over to the doubles right. on a changeover or then we, you know, then he's, he's got an exhibition coming up in, in Brazil. So we show some pictures of that, you know, and we don't have to go to break and commercial like normal TV does because we're on the streaming app and, and we're kind of the second uh, screen experience. So right. it's been a lot of fun. I'm uh, producing it with my buddy, Mike Hastings. Uh, he's, he's a. Uh, the man at tennis channel doing it and, and, and I'm doing it with them. And, and they're, they're silly enough to actually let me on camera to do some segments and to talk one of my favorite things, which is, uh, which is gambling and, and tennis. Well, I think, I, I think, you know, with you being on there and, and, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I, I say this with apprehension, but also with pride also is you, that you have, have been around gambling your whole life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the good, the good, the bad and, and the ugly of it all. And, and, you you have uh, uh, figured out your way around it, and in and in it and through it, which you know, and and by that I mean, you know that that you understand it. You you go beyond just you know in in tennis, just you know who hits a good forehand or who hits a good backhand, or in in basketball, uh, you know uh, whatever it takes to you know to figure out you know the best team over the course of that night, and you know what it's going to take to win that game and the travel and everything that you go beyond you know just the surface of of uh of what everybody sees uh, and you know for for that it, you know and you're you know no nobody is an expert at gambling but no. uh, you know and and uh, but you know for you know you 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 have been you know well educated in it and and you've studied it and and uh you know for you to be a part of that and you know to be able to talk about it uh, you know for uh, for me uh, I'll, I'll I'll tune in. I'm tuning in to listen. Uh, you know to, to to hear what you have to say. And like I said, sometimes it might be worth a fiver from me. I like that worth a fiver, baby. You might have to be one of the segment names. So yeah, just <laughs> just <laughs> Very wanted good. just wanted to uh, let people know that we got two more days of that this week, uh, tomorrow and Friday. So we're gonna have more guests and uh, you know more gambling talk, more second screen experience on T two. So check us out and let us know any feedback. Um, but let's talk some tennis. I just wanted to, here's the main story. We're, in, we're into the year-end stuff. The women are at the WTA finals, the final eight. The men are in Paris at the indoors. But the story I want to get your take on is Felix. FAA has won three tournaments in a row. Something like, I think, 13 or 14 matches in a row. After losing his first eight finals coming into this year, he's now won four tournaments on the year four finals in a row. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of shoved that in our face. I mean, the guy's like still, you know, a young guy. So he's 22 years old to already have been in 12 finals uh, at that age is, is pretty good. So I just wanted to get your take. I know we talk about Chappie and him kind of having been a little bit on this like equal plane where they're these guys with amazing talent and, you know, the North of the border, Canadian, good buddies um, and so much potential, but, you know, kind of we're like, we're, we're waiting for them to kind of, take it to this next level and kick it into this next gear. So uh, these last three weeks have been really refreshing and a lot of fun to watch because you, you wait for him. You're like thinking he's going to, okay, now he's, he's tired. He's going to lose this next match. And he wins the second tournament. You're like, okay, mm-hmm. okay, no way he's going to win. You know, he's probably going to lose first or second round in this next match. Just his legs aren't going to be there. And he's got to, he's got to reset and boom, three in a row. So tell me well, your take and what do you think? Uh, well, I, you know, I, I look at that and, and, uh, you know, from your description and, and, you know, watching him play a little bit that, you know, we hit him pretty hard when he was 0 and 8 too, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, so now it's time for him to hit us pretty hard, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and, and to get back at us. And, and, uh, you know, we, we have been, you know, kind of waiting for him to, 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 uh, jump forward and to, and to start taking his place. And, and it seems like now, uh, you know, at, at the end of uh, 2022, that that he's really finding himself in his game, and 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 by that I mean, you know, when you say you know he wins a tournament and and then you know his he might be tired, then he wins two, and his legs might be tired. 
that's why they get paid the big bucks. And, and, and I say that because, you know, if he's going to play, he's got to be ready now every time. Because if he starts winning three tournaments in a row, four tournaments in a year, all of a sudden, you know, he's the next guy. Mm-hmm. You know, the, you know, Federer, Federer is gone. Rafa, you know, is, is uh, still playing. But, you know, other, other things have uh, entered his life now. Djokovic, you know, uh, playing tournaments and, you know, is he going to be able to play Australia? Will he play the U.S. Open? You know, there's a lot of question marks around that. You know, he's one of those guys now, you know, with with Alcaraz and with Rude and and with Sinner and, you know, and those guys to to start taking over and be that that uh, that that next generation to see who's going to win, you know, 10 or 12 or six or eight or or whatever Grand Slam events. Mm-hmm. And, and, and for him to, to win three in a row, what, you know, what that tells me is that not, not only has he gotten the confidence in his game, but everything else around it is working too. Mm-hmm. His conditioning is, is, you know, his peace of mind is, is, uh, is wanting to play his, his excitement about going out and performing and, and wanting to every, every match now to try to reach that level of excellence. And, and, uh, that's exciting, yeah. you know, is, uh, I'm sure he's, he's loving it. And, and, you know, saying, you know, you know, you know, sometimes you gotta hit yourself on the back of the head and say, you know, what, what's happening now? Why, why did all this happen now? Sometimes it's better not to question it, right. just ride it, you right. know, and, 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 and stay on it. And, and, uh, you know, whatever you, whatever he's doing, stay with it, keep doing it because, you know, uh, as you say, Brett, you know, uh, tennis is a long year, but but really, by the time he, you know, takes a breath, it's going to be time to go down to Australia. Right. <laughs> you, the you holidays know, and everything. Yeah, we're in November already. It's November. So, you know, by, by the end of December, he's going to have to hit down, head down to Australia and get ready for the Australian Open. So, you know, hopefully he keeps the run going and, and uh, you know, uh, continues with this confidence and, you know, comes through next year. Yeah, and and wins that that uh, that first Grand Slam. That would be exciting. Yeah, it seems like something has just clicked with them. I mean, check out some of these wins uh, since the U.S. Open. Alcaraz twice, Djokovic he mm-hmm. beat at Labor Cup. Um, mm-hmm. He's got a uh, win over Nakashima, who won San Diego recently. Musetti, who's been playing some of the best ball in his career. Corda right. in the finals of uh, of Antwerp. Uh, he got Husler. Uh, here's his run in uh, Basel. Husler, Kekmanovic, Bublik, uh, Alcaraz, and Runa. And Runa's huh. another guy who's kind of th- thrown himself to the front of the line, too, with some of those next-gen guys. When you talk Sinner, Alcaraz, um, uh, Felix, I think you have to start thinking, like, Runa is part of that group now who's going to you know, be one of those guys. Um, so it's, yeah, really refreshing to see Felix because we've known he's got the potential. He's built like a truck. You know, he's, he seems like a nice kid. But, uh, you know, sometimes his forehand in the past, it goes off, you know, you know, he'll be you know playing a good match and all of a sudden he'll start missing balls two feet long and or in the middle of the net. Um, but not not these last, not this last month. And then also the other thing is, man, is he serving good? I think he's only been broken like one time in like the last hundred and something, you know, games I don't have it in front of me, but it's just he's protecting his serve, which is then making him, uh, you know, a lot you know, be able to go after his return games a lot more with a lot right. less pressure yeah. on him. Exactly. Exactly. You know, you, you take care of business first, which is, you know, winning your, your game on your serve. And that, that frees you up on the returns where you can take a few more chances or, you know, uh, try to, you know, put, put a little extra pressure on your opponent and, you know, force the action a little bit. But, you know, that, uh, you know, that word confidence, uh, if you've got confidence in your game and, 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 uh, the, you know, what you can do with it and, you know, what's working well, uh, you know, and all things click, it seems like uh, everything's clicking now for him. And, you know, like I said, uh, wouldn't, wouldn't that be great if, you know, he turns around and Australia and wins his first grand slam, that would, that would be a hell of a run from, you know, uh, October through January. And, uh, Hey, I'll be watching, uh, you know, and, and it's, it's kind of like golf, the, the golf writer. I mean, you, you turn on, uh, you know, and, and I hate to compare it to golf, but it's the only you know, one, you know, uh, single sports uh, that you, you can go out and play where it's just you, uh, you know, and, and, you know, all these new names in golf are the same, you know, you know, where, where where's, uh, you know, McElroy, he's, he's playing great, but still there's other guys that are, 
you know, creeping up the leaderboard. Uh, Seamus Power from from Ireland just won in uh, in Bermuda, and you know, so you know, where'd he come from? And now now there's new there's new names in golf. There's new names in tennis. And for me, you know, that that creates interest for me. Yeah. I, I you know I I like watching you know the the guys who continue to make the game and and to you know to right. to be the stalwarts and and all that. But you know, the young talent coming up and who's going to take over next? Yeah. Is, uh, you know, because nobody can play forever. So no. Who, who's next? And, you know, Felix seems to be one of those guys, especially the way he's playing now. Yeah. And, and like, just real quick, what you're saying about the golf. Um, one of the side effects, it seems like, of Live is that, uh, you know, all, all these big names that are going to Live opens up spots for other guys. So like, you know, those, those guys mm-hmm. move on and then, you know, the PGA is going to just going to keep going. So, you know, th- those spots bec- make new stars and, and, you know, new guys you start seeing on the leaderboard every week. Um, yep. One other thing about Paris, uh, the one the kind of two parts. So Rafa uh, played in his first match today. He recently became a father for the first time, had his son. Um, so didn't know uh, if he was going to. Congratulations p- to him. Yep. Congratulations, Rafa. Um so we, oh yeah, so we didn't know if he was going to play for sure. He ends up coming to Paris. Uh, he's never been an uh, end-of-the-year player. Um, he lost today, won the first set against Paul, and then, you know, Paul hung in there and, and grinded and, and ended up taking it in three sets. A huge win for him, who's, I mean, he's become a lot a lot more mature and consistent player than, than I thought he would be three, you know, three years ago. So that was mm-hmm. good to see. But two-part question, what was it like, when you had me, because I think it's a, we do have a father son podcast here and we can ask those type of questions. So, you know, when you're young, we've kind of talked about this a little bit before, but when you're young and you're into tennis, everything is tennis. You know, you live and breathe tennis, you play, you want to get better. You want to get to the top. You're always chasing these goals, you know, and then, uh, you know, you become, you grow up, you become a man or a woman. And, and like you start to have other things come in your life, boyfriends and girlfriends and family and, and other responsibilities and things like that. So now that Rafa has a son, um, I just wanted to talk, you know, hear you talk a little bit about that. And then also mix in there that I know you, the end of your year usually was a U.S. Open. You know, for the most part, you might play it a, a little bit after that. But the, the end of the year was like silly season. That was when you played a lot of exhibitions and stuff like that. It was, it was the, the tour wasn't set up the same way. So just talk to me a little bit about all that stuff with Rafa. Yeah, well, for, you know, first of all, you know, uh, you know, Rafa's in his mid thirties, and and uh, you know, having his, his his first son, so you know, he's a little older. I was twenty six when uh, you know when you came around and and uh, and, and uh, at the top of the game, and uh, you know, so you know, the the excitement of of that, you know, is is uh, you know something really that you can't explain. I mean, uh, you know, that it's you as an individual that you know in your feelings. You know, but but when you came around, and you're right about the about the tennis. When you're when you're single, uh, you know, and 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 before all the other responsibilities come around, tennis is the main focus. It, you know, you work, you train, you you uh, you know, you do do whatever it takes to to allow you to play the best tennis that you can. And then you know, when when you know, for instance, when you came when you came, then you know, all of a sudden. You know, my my, you know, and and, and this was a, a little bit of a problem for me because, uh, you know, when I, I wanted to be with you and your mom and and, you know, spend time with you. And then, you know, so uh, but but if I was doing that, then, you know, my mind was saying, you know, wait a minute, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing what's right for the tennis. I better, you know, go and do the tennis and start practicing and working on the tennis. Then when I was with the tennis, I was saying, wait a minute, I, I want to be with you and your mom and and you know, take care of you and be with you. And, and, and so my, my mind, you know, was, was kind of, was, was, uh, was overrun with, uh, with confusion, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so, uh, it, and, and it, and it took a bit, uh, you know, to be able to, to settle that, you know, but, you know, Rafa's a little older and he's got a lot, you know, uh, a lot of his career behind him. I was just, you know, kind of waiting, waiting for my next run to happen, you know, at, at, uh, at, at 26. You know, but but uh, you know, it, it took me a couple of years to to really figure that out, and you know, to to get that balance of uh, you know uh, how how long, how many weeks should I go away, and 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 then when I was home, how many weeks should I stay at home, and then you know, do I do I practice or do I just get away and and spend time with the family, and 
you know, and as you got older and and then your sister came around, you know, is it it almost like, you know, I, I was almost like a visitor in my own house, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, because I would go away and 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 spend, you know, uh, I don't know, three weeks, four weeks, you know, eight weeks, whatever. And I'd come back and it was almost like, you know, oh, you know, I'm, I'm home, <laughs> you, you know, and, and, you know, but, your, you know, your mommy finally said, wait a minute, you know, we, we got a schedule here, you know, you know, Brett does this and then he goes, he goes to school and then he comes to school, you know, he's got soccer and then, and then after soccer, then he goes to here and then he's got his, uh, a tutor and then he's got his homework and then we got dinner and then, you know, wait a minute, if you're not going to be a part of that, you know, so, you know, th- therein, you know, lies, okay, you know, then you know, things started to fall in place for me, yeah, you know, so that it allowed me to, to, to be a little bit more understanding of, you know, the, you know, when I was home and when I, when I was gone and how things ran, but, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's an adjustment. Uh, I'm not saying it's, you know, that it's, it, it can't be done because it can, uh, it, it can be handled. Yeah. Uh, I had a three-year drought. I had a three-year drought of no grand slams. I mean, I, I, I was in the semis every year, but I didn't win any grand slams. Everybody said, oh, you're finished. I said, yeah, well, I'm finished, but, you know, look what I have in replacement of that. You know, mm-hmm. so, you know, but, uh, you know, things, things started to fall in place and, and, and it worked out for me in the, in the end. But, uh, uh, yeah, but, you know, as he's a little bit older, but, you know, in, at the end of the year, like now, he, he, you know, things probably worked out really well for him because of that, because he, he didn't really – uh, play that much at the end of the year anyway. Uh, so yeah, he can uh, enjoy, you know, his, his, his new baby and, and, uh, you know, get through the next couple of months and maybe get ready for Australia or, or whatever his next event is. But, but it was different for me because after, after the U S open, you know, my, my year was about done. I, I might've played another three or four tournaments, but, you know, I, I was looking to, to grab nasty and and uh, and and go go play a, a week's worth of exhibitions in Asia and one in Europe and one in South America and you know really you know try to make a living mm-hmm. you know and and uh, you know play six out of seven nights and you know barnstorm you know and, and back you know like we did back in the day and, right yeah but uh, but you're right it was uh, you know it's, it's different times now I'm in. If that if if I was playing today and you know I get through the U.S. Open, I'd probably say I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done for the year. Uh, and uh, and and cool it. But uh, yeah, a little bit different back then. But yeah. you know the the adjustment that he'll make if uh, if he wants to continue working, he's a worker anyway, so uh, he'll figure it out if he if he wants to continue playing. Right. And think about it. The U.S. Open is you know ends in the middle sometimes of September, and that's like the, that's a nine month season just right there. So, I, you know, I don't think people understand the difference of tennis being 11 months, you know, starts literally the first day. Sometimes it starts the first the last day of last year. You know, sometimes right. I'll go to work and right. December 31st or even the 30th, it'll start the 31st. Um, so it's a really long season. You know, that's why I think a lot of it is very streaky. You know, you see baseball seasons where they go through tons of streaks where they'll be cold for 25 games and they're warm. You know, they went 20 out of 25. And, you know, tennis is like that where players have certain stretches where they're really hot and you want to, you know, want to bet on them and you, you want to watch them. And then you never know, like they might need a break and they've played a lot or their clay is their favorite surface or they need to go visit family. It's just, it's 11 months. So there's not a lot of time to do all the regular stuff we can find time to do. Yeah, but are, you got you to be careful in tennis because of that, not to burn yourself out. Right. Yeah, you know, so, you know, like, like Felix is on a good run now, but, you know, I mean, how does he just keep, you know, pushing, pushing, pushing until, you know, maybe wins four, maybe wins five. But but then what happens after that? Does he burn himself out? You know, so, you know, but that's where, you know, the people around you have to be smart, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and understand the player, you know, and, and, and what, you know, it's like, uh, you know, your grandmother uh, and, and Poncho were so good with me is that they they knew when to when to when to grab me by the collar and say, you're taking some time off. Take right. the, you, you, you need a little break here. You know, you're playing good tennis you need you need to you know uh, you know get your mind right and get your you know get, get your uh, your body right and heal a little bit so that when you go out there you're 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 excited to play not going oh christ oh no yeah. i gotta go play tennis now i'm tired i'm exhausted 
Yeah, you know, well, I was never tired. I was never exhausted. And and that and that was because they knew when to to pull me away mm-hmm. uh, and, and to give me a break. So you know, uh, hopefully, you know, Felix's uh, camp feel you know understands that and uh, does that for him. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's setting up actually perfect for him because think about it. I, this run has allowed him. I, th- I think he might have clinched today with Fritz losing, but uh, this has allowed him to make the year end finals. So I think he'll make you know first year in finals, winning these tournaments. He has the chance to win four in a row, and even if he, uh, you know, I think the most he can play is five tournaments in a row. So he's playing this week, and I think the next title, the next tournament, he would probably go play in would probably be the year end. So and then that's it, and then it leaves the for the little short off season of five or six weeks, and that's going to kind of leave him wanting more, right? Don't you think? Don't you think that's a kind of good way to end where you? You know, you're, you're peaking going into the end of the season, but then it almost ends. So you don't have time to burn yourself out. It gives you that month to, you know, recoup, reset and, and get ready for yeah. 2023 and, and the Australia swing. Yeah, ho- hopefully, you know, when uh, when when his last event happens, that, that he that that all his off court and and uh, his endorsement opportunities that he has there, you know, they don't take over and say, well, you've got to do this. You got to do that. You know, and and all of a sudden, you know, uh, you know, your your week off, you're doing two commercials and two exhibitions, or you, you know, whatever. You you know, got to make sure that uh, you, you know you you do take some time and you get away and and not have any other obligations. And and you know, I I know that's tough with these guys today because they are in such demand, and you know, they have uh, you know these big contracts and uh, you know uh, obligations mm-hmm. to fulfill you know, their responsibilities, but, uh, you know, that, that getting away and, and, and resting and, and, and feeling, uh, that when, when the next tournament comes around, you're, you're looking forward to it and you're eager to go play as opposed to, you know, saying, well, maybe I should take another a week off now. Right. You know, so it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a delicate balance. Yeah. It's tough too. You're right. Because you want to be peaking, you know, at the right times, you know, hopefully during the bigger tournaments, and you know you're not you can't always control it you know sometimes the players who pop up and win the week before a slam it's almost like a gift and a curse because probably not going to win the next week because it's tough to play three straight weeks of perfect ball and and that kind of stuff so some of it's random and some of it's uh, hopefully by design but i think felix uh will keep it going i just think it's fun because i really like him and uh you know getting to see him play more matches you know later into tournaments and and start to set up these you know he's four and oh against alcaraz by the way, just slip that yeah, one in pretty, there. That's pretty amazing. But you know, Brad, ever since we started the podcast, uh, which has been, well, was, uh, you know, the day, uh, the, the day they closed down for COVID. Mm-hmm. So almost three years like, now, two, two and a half years. Almost, yeah. You know, you, you have touted him since then. You liked him back then. Yeah. I mean, he's, you he, know, he's been coming, you know, he's been like one of the, we've been waiting for him to, you know, because getting to finals is one thing, you know, so, but you don't want to be the Buffalo Bills of like the ATP. You want to, you know, finish, you know, some of them off. You, and now, now it's, I mean, he's already now four out of nine or whatever it is, uh, or yeah. four out of 12 or something, I think. Uh, so it's good. I like seeing it and uh, hope to k- see him keep doing it this week. He plays Simone, who's had a little mini Julian Beneteau run. The Frenchman retiring yeah. after this event in Paris has taken out a couple of good guys. It made us some money. Uh, on the live line uh, doing the show this week. We've been texting back and forth. He uh, came back to beat Murray from a set and a break. And then uh, I saw that. Yeah. And then Tracy was giving Murray some shit on the show today, just saying she couldn't believe that, that he let this one slip away. And then today uh, beating Fritz and with Fritz, Fritz had a chance to qualify if he made the finals this week of uh, the year end and, and Simone got him. So now Felix and him in the next round should, uh, should be, should be interesting. So that should be fun. Yeah. Yeah, It'd be fun. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, let's uh, move on. I don't want to keep you too long, but we haven't talked with our listeners. Um, So I put out a tweet and a Facebook and just asked, hey, questions, topics for the show. So let's not, the the less time you spend, the more we can get in. So give me good answers, but, you know, let's go rapid fire. 
Uh, Doug Kolb, uh, what do you think of pickleball? Seriously, I love tennis, but pickleball has advantages for some people, especially those who learn sports later in life. Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, uh, I know pickleball is is the rage now, and and uh, every I, I go on my bike ride every day and early in the morning, and and they're out playing, you know, from uh, you know from from dawn till dusk. So uh, I know it's the rage, but you know, for me. You know, I tore my Achilles back in uh, back in December, and I'm not looking to uh, do anything that puts pressure on that. So I'll be a spectator in pickleball. Okay, uh, yeah, I agree. I think it's a great sport to play. I think it's a lot of fun to play. It's people don't think it's a that much of a workout, but it is. You're bending at the waist and reaching. Your core has to be really strong. You work up a good sweat. Watching it, I'm not so sure. I've worked a few of the events. I think they're very fun, but sometimes it becomes a little repetitive with the same type of points. I like the singles a lot better because there's more room for the player out there to, you know, create different shots and run around and, and, you know, use his footwork to, to create cool shots, but it definitely is growing. You see all these people like Brady, Kevin Durant, Kim Kleister's uh, own teams. So um, somebody I know I used to work with Olivia McMillan uh, with ESPN back in the day, she's on one of these professional teams. So shout out to her for being early and, uh, and getting on it. So, okay, cool. Next question. Scott Perkins, did you get along with Bud Collins? Yeah. Uh, I mean, how could you not, uh, you know, uh, you know, even though uh, Bud, uh, his timing was bad, uh, you know, when, after a tough match, uh, he'd come up and, and uh, stick the microphone right in your, in your face and want an interview. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you're not quite ready for that. But uh, I, I had the opportunity to work with Bud when I was with NBC and, uh, and uh, Dick Enberg, who, uh, who was really like a, a, mentor, a mentor to me when I first started. Uh, Bud was a part of that team, and it was uh, uh, fun listening to him and his knowledge of the game because he was – around for for an awful long time so a lot of great players and bud knew his stuff and yes i did get along with bud um yeah some people you said he had bad timing i think some people might call and consider that good timing <laughs> just from from being <laughs> well, on from be- no, no, good timing good timing for those that are watching bad timing for for, you know, for whoever just got hammered. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like it's yeah, so. good. Now that we're on the other side of it and we're the journalists that we are here with the podcast. Yes, it, indeed. Good timing. Cause I, the, somebody tweeted this, we put it out on our Instagram. It was you and Mac after you had played in 82 and you were walking off the court after the trophy ceremony. And it's that camera that's like up above there. And it shows Mac walk by and Bud's standing there. Uh, ready to interview him real quick and you can see mac just be like nah fuck nah man like nah <laughs> you know like i don't want anything to do with this after nobody does nobody really wants to talk after a tough five set loss in the finals of a grand slam especially like right away and then of course you win and you're right behind him you're like hey bud like yeah i got yeah, the time yeah. what's up I, let's I, talk listen, a little I, I was on the other side of that too yeah i was uh, <laughs> i was on both sides of it uh, but uh yeah but bud was uh Bud was very, he was colorful and, and uh, always brought a lot to it. And, you know, more, uh, you know, more than just the tennis, uh, you know, his style was cool and, and uh, always fun to be around him. Okay. Donald Wong wants to know, we've talked about LIV a ton on this show. Uh, if they started a rival tennis tour, um, something like LIV, let's say, would you mm-hmm. go the route of, I think I almost know the answer to this, but would you go the route of that Greg Norman has gone and been the commissioner of like a rival league? Yeah, I'd, I'd consider that. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't think you expected that uh, reply, did you? <laughs> well, why uh, not? Why uh, not consider it? You know, it's worth yeah, a listen. Uh, yeah, why, why not consider it? And, and uh, you know, to be able to, you know, almost, you know, because when, when, I, when I started back in the 70s, better, you know, it was like the Wild West. We almost made the rules back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and uh, it would be fun to, you know, to kind of be a part of, of something to try, uh, of, a, of a rival tour to try to do something different to, you know, to to make it, you know, uh, uh, competitive against what it is today and, and maybe make it better, maybe make it more exciting, you know, so that eventually, you know, like, maybe, you know, maybe the live and the PGA will eventually, you know, join or or have a. Uh, you know, uh, uh, like a president's cup, you know, live tour against the PGA tours, you know, to where, you know, uh, new event, uh, events are, are born and excitement is created and, you know, in the game. And uh, it, it would be fun to, 
you know, think about how that could happen in tennis. So I, I'd consider it, sure. Yeah, I think, uh, and you were never exactly like, you know, a union guy or anything. You were always kind of, uh, you know, because it's a con- you're an independent contractor. So I think, uh, right. you know, to think that you always have to be this one way and there can't be something new or, you know, some, some rivalry or some competition is not in your thinking. So uh, I, I think you'd be a good commission. It'd be fun. Okay, next, next, Chris Linehan says, have you ever won a match that you thought was almost perfect? First match that I can think of was your victory over Stefan Edberg at the 1989 U.S. Open. Still enjoy watching you play. Uh, thanks for the memories. Yeah, um, well, I mean, that was, that was a good one, but I, I can, you know, go back, uh, mm, I don't know, 20, 23, 24 years earlier than that, 25 years earlier than that, back when I played Rosewall in the finals of Wimbledon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and then, uh, and then when I played Rosewall again in the finals of the U S open was even more perfect, <laughs> you yeah. know, so, you know, uh, you know, you go through, you know, a year, maybe you get one, uh, match where you think you played like that. I had two in one year, uh, and they happened to both be in the finals of grand slams, but, <laughs> uh, you know, to, to go back and, and, and to think that, I, I mean, I think against Rosewall, he, he picked a good one, uh, when, when uh, when I when I played Stefan in in that match, it was uh, I played pretty perfect there to have to beat him like that. But uh, yeah, you know I've had a few of them, but uh, he he picked a good one there. Yeah, uh, I mean shout out Stefan Edberg, one of the uh, legends all time. But I mean your record against him, I think since he brought it up, uh, worth noting six and six career. He's fourteen years younger than you. Uh, you are three and zero against them in Grand Slams, and you won nine out of the ten sets. Not bad. Well, <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> uh, yeah, I look looking back that you know some some uh, some guys fit my style. Uh, I, I liked playing Stefan. I, I knew. I mean, he was probably uh, you know I want to say in the top two, may, uh, three serving volleyers of all time, in my opinion. I mean, he was. Really, uh, his hands were great. He was quick around the net, uh, and and he would come in. You know, he would come in on good shots, like you know, all great players. But you know, he wasn't afraid to come in and and improve his expertise at the net. He he was one of the finest serving volley players that uh, that 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 I can remember. Uh, but his style fit me. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I liked playing against that kind of style, and and it gave me a chance to to do what I did best with my return and. And, uh, you know, being able to hit good passing shots and, you know, kind of mix, mix in a few lobs and, you know, kind of keep him, you know, on the defense a little bit, a, a little bit further away from the net. So, uh, yeah, but, uh, uh, but, but to play him and, and, and to, you know, but there, there was, you know, back then there was all different styles, serving volleyers, guys that came, came to the net on, on the kitchen sink, you know, Paul Anacone comes to mind on that. He would come in on everything. And then, then there was guys like Eddie Dibbs that, uh, you know, you'd have to put a, a, a chain around his neck to bring him into the net, you know, <laughs> That's my buddy Eddie. I hope Eddie doesn't get mad at me for saying <laughs> that, but, you know, but, uh, you know, but there was different styles and, you know, one, you know, some styles, you know, made it tough on me and, and others, uh, you know, I kind of like playing against, but, uh, Stefan was, uh, was always fun to play. Yeah. I remember, I can't remember it was 91, it was either 90 or 91. You did the TV for NBC at Wimbledon and, they let me be a runner. I was quote unquote a runner at like 10, 11 years old where I would, you know, run little things around, you know, shot sheets and, and pick up meals and sandwiches and bring them to you guys. And we, you did the finals with Dick Emberg and it was Edberg against Becker. I'm pretty sure. Right. And I remember there was, there's that little bunker at Wimbledon and we just sat there. I mean, I just sat there. You, you called the match, but I just remember sitting there and watching, uh, watching them play. And I always liked uh, watching Stefan play and, and him against Edberg yeah. had, some, had some great matches. So, yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Move on here. Uh, Michael Bacon, do you collect anything unusual for a hobby? Uh, no, I, I don't, but, uh, but, but I, I do. And, and uh, you know, I, I look back, I wish I would have, uh, uh, you know, uh, it is well known. I, I, I've got OCD and, and, but it, but it was never about, uh, about, things with tennis. And I kind of regret that. I wish I would have had, uh, had the, four, uh, the, or the understanding to keep a lot of the badges from the French or, Wim- or Wimbledon or the U.S. Open and, and uh, you know, some, a lot of trophies and a lot of, you know, little things that, uh, that I could have uh, kept accumulating over the years. 
So what I've done is I've I've uh, I've made it uh, a choice to to keep my all all my hole in one ball, and and I say that with pride because you know I, I, I have you I do, have huh? I have my I have my Wimbledon <laughs> trophies in my den, and and I have mm-hmm. uh, uh, my my uh, little my little trophy uh, of Wimbledon filled with we my know. hole in one balls. You've told us this. We've tweeted it. You don't have to keep rubbing it in our faces like this, especially I, I me. Say, because because it's cool. Because you know you know what's what's cool about it is is you know I, I you know. I, uh, What's I, cool I, I about signed it? it <laughs> and then, and then I've had I, I've had the the other three guys I played with sign it, and I've dated them all. So it, it, it's kind of cool. But I will say I'm on a dry dry spell. What's it been? I like have, twelve months. Uh, <laughs> you know what's qu- quote unquote you know what's cool about it oh yeah oh that you have a bucket of hole in one balls <laughs> i need to ask do you know what's cool about it uh, especially it, to it, me it, i'm still waiting for my first it's so mean to just bring that up all the time like that uh i i didn't i didn't mean but i but i uh but i but i kind of I, I i like having that and, and like i said i i wish i would have uh kept a lot of things from the past but uh, i didn't so you know, say Levy to that. Hey, there's people out there who have, uh, you know, paid the rent for years off selling uh, some of the stuff that, uh, <laughs> that you didn't keep some of your uh, clothes and, 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 uh, memorabilia type stuff, but we yep, won't get into that. That's true, <laughs> but we'll let that go. Right. Uh, so quickly on this one, people ask this kind of all the time. It's a you know technical kind of question, but t- tell me about how you used to string your rackets. I think a lot of people think of the pros today stringing them, you know, high tension where they can swing as hard as they want. And, you know, and then, you know, their, their elbow feels probably a lot of pain at night. How did you string yours and give me the, uh, you know, 30, 45 second reason why? Well, for, first of all, I, I had the T2000, which, uh, wasn't the, the normal kind of stringing. It had the loops inside. So, uh, it, it had to be, uh, sprung a little bit different, but that was the reason why nobody could play with it because they didn't know how to string it. So, uh, my, your, uh, great grandma would would string uh, the racket with a with a pick and an all <laughs> you know like an old style but she would you know kind of twist it herself and and got it so and she figured out that the, that racket played better strung a little bit tighter and mm-hmm. most of the most of the players would string it loose but the, the racket was so powerful and had such a trampoline effect that if you didn't string it tighter you lose complete control so she figured that out for me, and and uh, the the when I got a little bit older and a little bit bigger and a little bit stronger, you know that that kind of fit right into my game. But then when when I went to an oversized racket, uh, I, I I didn't quite string it so tight. I gave that I needed a little bit more play because I I missed that trampoline effect. So I would string my rackets a little bit looser uh, with uh, with the oversized racket when I got into that. Yeah, when you were older, you let and you had more there. You could let it kind of do more of the work in the spring, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Uh, but, here's this guy asking a question. I don't know. You might know the name. His name's Bill Robson. Does it? Do you recognize that? Yeah, that, that's not <laughs> that's not the Bill Robson. That's the is that, Bill is that Robson. Golfing, is that is that our golfing buddy? He is on the Facebook page. He's got a question, and to be honest, I didn't see his name until right now. I just picked it because I like the question. That's how much we click together. He's a golfing buddy. He's one of the best orchid guys in the world. He has orchids yeah. in his own greenhouse from all over the world. I go over there, I take pictures with him, we watch football, but he always takes me around his greenhouse and he's like, I just got this in from Thailand. This came in from, you know, South America. And he has, you know, he has them from this all the way from the little, you know, baby plant all the way up to the huge plants and he takes them to shows and stuff. Um, but he's not asking about flowers today. He said, Jimmy, did you use music in practice or in your prep? If so, what kind and why? Thanks. See you on the golf course, William Robson. <laughs> well, I want to shout out to, to our buddy and, and, uh, he, uh, and I'm saying, I hope he's feeling better. He's been going through a tough time and that, uh, we're thinking about him and, uh, and, and can't wait to see him out on the golf course. But, uh, I wasn't really big into the music because I didn't want anything to, to take, uh, you know, my, my concentration away from me when I was on the court. Uh, I, I didn't go and spend, uh, it's well known, it's documented. I, I didn't spend three and four 
hours around the tennis. I went and I, and I would play and I'd practice and I'd work and I'd get the most out of it uh, uh, in, in my hours workout. Uh, but, but, uh, going to the U.S. Open or, or driving out to Wimbledon, I, w- I would always, uh, you know, have a cassette. Now I'm back in the cassette days, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, and and I would listen to, uh, and I'm a, I'm an oldies guy. I like I listen to Jay and the Americans and the Four Seasons and uh, you know and, and uh, you know groups back like uh, back then that, uh, but but I never had it blasting and blaring. I was always you know kind of calm and and uh, you know and and you know I, w- I was. Uh, I, I had a job to do, and that's what I was looking for. But but I liked hearing the music uh, in the background. But I, I wasn't uh, blaring it when I was practicing or, or getting ready to play. I, uh, that that wasn't going to get me hyped up. The tennis was going to get me hyped up enough. Yeah, the tennis would get you hyped up. But I there was a couple times where I would get in the Porsche, and you'd fire that thing up after driving back from Santa Barbara from the tennis, and and Roy Orbison. Would be oh. blasting pretty loudly, if well, you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, but uh, Roy Orbison was uh, was was one of my all time favorites, and and uh, I I remember going to see him in in Las Vegas once, uh, and and I was there for uh, for eight eight days or so, and I saw him both shows every night for eight days, <laughs> uh, and 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 was able to. Uh, sit down with him afterwards and uh, you know he invited me to to sit down and and uh, to have a conversation and and uh, uh, talk to him a little bit which uh, you know which was uh, you know probably the thrill one of the greatest thrills of my life and and uh, but yeah Roy Roy Orbison any anytime you want to put that on I'll, I'll be there listening right with you yeah uh, you got me into Roy Orbison I, I love him and when you really get into it he's might be one of the more underrated guys like rock stars ever he had a, a skin condition, I think, where he had to wear the sunglasses and, and he was a little paler. And so I, I wonder, I always wonder, like, did that hurt him in becoming like more marketable kind of thing or whatever? Because when you listen to his voice, his voice is like unbelievable. Like it's it's right. kind of like unmatched. Like you can't really compare it to another voice. And he's got hits, man. He's got a lot of really good songs. And uh, yeah, so every uh, every every one is a hit. Right. You know, in, in in my opinion, uh, you know that you know I I could listen listen to him nonstop, and and you know to to throw him on with the you know the old groups like you know like the Turtles and and uh, uh, <laughs> of our our friend Peter Noon and and uh, mm-hmm. you know singing hermits, hermits. Uh, and hermits hermits and you know I, I'm you know I'm part of the you know I I like the British invasion too <laughs> mm-hmm. you know to you know coming over in the '60s and the you know and and hearing that kind of music and, and, uh, that, that's, but that's my era. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 70 and, and I was brought up with that. And, and to be honest with you, Brett, so were you and your sister, mm-hmm. uh, you know, every, every time we got in the car that, uh, that's, that's the kind of music w- that was on K earth one Oh one in, in, uh, in Los Angeles. And, and, uh, you know, that was part of your upbringing too. So yeah, good times. Right. Definitely good times. Okay. Two more questions. Uh, and then we'll get out of here. I'll answer this one. Uh, Will Roth says, Jimmy, Van Halen, David Lee Roth, or Sammy Hagar? I'll take this one, especially from a guy named Roth. It, got it, the answer is David Lee Roth. All right. Sammy Hagar was great. Uh, I actually saw Sammy Hagar with Van Halen at the Great Western Forum with John Heller back in the day. Oh, Shout I'll out, John. Miss that guy. Um, but the correct answer is David Lee Roth. Uh, the early albums are amazing. Still listen to them now. Speaking of uh, music to listen to to pump you up or work out or get ready to do something uh, athletic. Um, did you ever listen to Van Halen? You like them? Yeah, like, you know, a, a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I'm, uh, you know, I turn on the radio and, and uh, you know, and listen to the, to the music and, you know, with uh uh, with the what you can get put in your car now, you know I can listen to anything from Sinatra to Dean Martin, all you know, all the way up to you know what's going on today, you know, with mm-hmm. you know, with with the music. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I flip around and and listen to a little bit of everything, but I always seem to end up back in the you know back in the earlier days. Yeah. Uh, one one story before we move on to our last question, and then we'll wrap up. One of the funniest music stories I always think about with you is um, I moved home from Arizona and I was living back in Santa Barbara and whatever. We would go play golf in this in the old Land Cruiser. Remember out on, mm-hmm. on the pass? Uh, right. 
And so we would just throw the clubs in the back, go play. And, and one time I brought the first Eminem CD, which is, if you know out there, if you listen to Eminem, the rapper, his first mm-hmm. album is pretty uh, parental advisory. You know, it's got a lot of cussing <laughs> and a lot of uh, situations with his ex-wife and all this stuff and, and, and rap. And you don't really listen to much rap, okay? You're not a big rap fan. And no. I just, I guess I just left the disc in the Land Cruiser. And then I remember, I don't know what it was, a couple months or something had gone by. And then back there we were in the Land Cruiser. You were driving us out there one morning to go play 18 holes out on the pass. And you go and you turn the volume up and you start rapping line for line the lyrics in the first Eminem uh, CD. Do you remember that? I, I do. I <laughs> do. And, and I, I, like, I liked him then. And uh, from what I understand, I think he's going to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, too. Nice. So, yeah, which, uh, which, uh, you know, which would be good. But, yeah, I, I, liked, uh, I liked him and, uh, you know, I still... Uh, you know, I, I might still have that disc too in the back of the yeah, car. Yeah, you, <laughs> we'll get it. You'll, you'll, it'll like uh, remind you of it. You'll start busting a busting a lyric out or two. Yeah, it'd be cool. Um, all right, last question, then we'll wrap it up. Bob Dunn just wants to know what was your favorite subject in school? Uh, recess. <laughs> Perfect. Yep. <laughs> Same. I wasn't. I you know I I, I say that and I, you know and and uh, but I, I'm not. I, I'm not afraid to say it. I, I wasn't the uh, the studying type. I, I had, uh, you know, a little bit of a, a reading condition, and and uh, that that was very difficult for me. Uh, 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 school was tough for me. Uh, I, I I was always uh, I, I took care of it, and and I tried to do the best I could. But you know, and then as I got older, you know, tennis became my thing, mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, even even when I was 15. 14, 15, and then 15, I went to California. So obviously, you know, tennis was my thing then. So, you know, going, I, you know, and I went to UCLA for a year, which was a tremendous experience, uh, you know, but, but, uh, you know, the, the tennis was, was why I was there. Uh, I, I took all, all the classes that I should have, you know, kind of just interjected, you know, uh, over the course of my four years there that would have, you know, help me get through a little bit easier if I would have taken the classes that I would have was supposed to take, but I took them all in one year. So I had no place to go, <laughs> you know, after that, but, but, uh, school, school wasn't my thing. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, I, I understand, you know, back then if, uh, uh, you know, I, I took a, a shop course, you know, which was, you know, where you, you know, learn how to, you know, tinker with a, with a car engine or, you know, do, do some things. I, I did that. I like doing that. But uh, when it came down to it, uh, you know, if, 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 if it was school or tennis, uh, the tennis court, I went to the tennis court. Yep. Especially when you, you were t- started taking it so serious so early. And grandma, I know, would come pick you up early from school so you could go to St. Louis and, and play better competition and all that type stuff. But, uh, I mean, um, I know Molino uh, has battled dyslexia. And so, you know, and she wasn't even diagnosed with it until she was at you know a certain age so imagine having to deal with something you know like you said with your with your reading thing like you know when it, they don't even know what it is your teacher doesn't even know what the thing is right so right. it makes it hard to to you know keep up and do all that shit so um, you know that's not right you know I, I say that but that that's what was right for me that's not right for everybody right to, you know to to do that so and i think you, know, you i think you're being hard i think i mean i i think you like history you watch the you know you like history channel and you like that kind of stuff and you know you like to learn it's just you, some people don't i mean i wasn't i was the same just not everyone learns the same you know what i mean right you can yeah that, that's well put they that's try and, well put they not try everybody make, learns the same is right right they may try yeah. and everyone and do it the same way and it, it, it doesn't work for everyone so all right this was a fun show i think we should wrap it up so you can get some sleep and ready for your flight down to austin tomorrow um i'm gonna say it this time okay you've been saying it you've been wrapping up so well that I, i've kind of missed it so you can fo- <laughs> you can follow jimmy on twitter at jimmy connors me brett underscore connors uh adv at adv connors at advantage connors spelled out on instagram at gold dude isabella the mascot the harness model girl uh as we like to call her around here and uh yeah give us uh give us a review a shout out share it with a buddy uh we're on our new um platform cloud 10 part of the iheart podcast network any last words before we bounce 
Yeah, keep those uh, keep sending in uh, some of those questions. I like answering the questions and uh, you know uh, uh, tell your friends about us and then tune in. Like being with you. I like it too. And one last thing: Does Felix win Paris? Does he win his fourth one? I yeah. Everybody's going to say that you know he's on a roll. He's going to stay there. I, I say that uh, he pushes all the way and gets to the final and uh, wins it. Yes. You think so? Okay. He's got Djokovic um, there. I like the bold pick. I mean, you might as well ride it all the way, and then we have something to chat about next week. Right. Right. You got. You got. If when you're on a run like that, you got to stay with them until they prove me wrong. So, uh, but uh, hey. He's the one. He's the one going out there, but I'm rooting for him. I hope he does. Me too. We'll uh, we'll talk about it. We'll catch up with everyone next week. Until then, peace.